0: coach prime is an extremely hot water in the college football world and we're going to talk about why on today's episode of locked on buffs you are locked on buffs your daily podcast on the colorado buffaloes part of the locked on podcast network your team every day what is up everybody this is locked on bus i'm your host kevin Borba, and joining me today is john garcia jr john we have a lot to talk about um coach prime our our beloved Colorado coach is in scalding hot water right now for the ways he's handling the transfer portal. Um, we're going to talk about his transfer portal methods. Um, we're going to also talk about um, what they need to do in the transfer portal, like what this means for the roster moving forward. And then are they boom or bust this year? And we'll get to that at the end of the episode. Um, but before we do, I want to thank you guys for making Locked On, your Locked On bus your first listen of the day. We're available wherever you get your podcasts, and we're free. So tune in every day. Okay, if you aren't aware, let me give you some context. Colorado's spring game was last Saturday televised and um, was the second most watched spring game since 2016 for ESPN. Uh, It was a sold out event. Despite the snow there, there was 300 credentialed media members. It was a whole affair. They had 70 recruits and transfers there. Um, Big event for Colorado, Um, big event for coach prime, who is trying to revamp this program that went one in 11 and has had, I believe two winning seasons in the past 15 years. Um, and he's doing it his way, and his way has caused a stir. Uh, Apparently, um, and multiple players have come forward and say this is true, following the conclusion of the spring game the following day, Sunday, Coach Prime met with certain guys and told them it's in their best interest to hit the portal. Um, Some of these guys said that that was their first time meeting with Coach Prime. Um, I'll even read a quote that I have here from offensive lineman Travis Gray, uh, who said, that he was supposed to meet with Coach Prime, but he got a text from his positional coach, Bill O'Boyle, and said that the meeting was moved to sooner. Um, he went to the facility, and O'Boyle told him, Hey, buddy, you're going to get cut today. I'm sorry to tell you this. I don't want you to hear it from Coach Prime. And then he was walking with him and he said, Hey, buddy, I'm sorry to tell you this. You know, one of those things. And then he walked into the room with Coach Prime and he said, Coach Prime told him, You're six foot eight, 320 pounds. I know in my heart of hearts, a school is going to pick you up in the portal when you enter, make your weaknesses, your strengths and keep progressing. I hope you have a great future. It just won't be here at Colorado. And then Jeremy Mack Jr., who is a safety, um, even went as far as to say that Coach Prime's meeting with him to tell him he was cut was the first meeting that they've had together. John, what do you make of all this craziness?
1: Craziness is a good word, but I also think it's the transparency that Colorado, again, as we've talked about for better or worse, is under. Um, and Dion, look, he's he's at the forefront of it. He has invited it. Season two of Coach Prime just got greenlit today uh, on on Amazon. Shout out to to that whole crew. Um, but look, this is this is part of the nature of today's college football. Um, I can't tell you how many kids in the portal have told me from all schools over the last couple of years. Yeah. They, they showed me the door. They basically said, I don't have a scholarship going forward. When you sign a national letter of intent and a scholarship thereafter, it is actually designed to be year to year. I had the dad of a player transferring from an sec power last week. Tell me they don't talk about that enough. It is a year to year deal. And when, Things change and the roster uh, evolves and you are no longer a part of that roster. It is encouraged for that coaching staff to let you know, hey, you don't have a spot here. Let me tell you with advance notice so you can now go hit the portal and and try to find another home. Now, the methods to which all of that goes down, uh, those are obviously subjective, right? Um, This is very much Colorado standpoint, very NFL style, which you understand. That's what Dion knows. That, that's how he's come up. So you understand the business-like approach of, hey, you don't have a spot here. We like you. I mean, you. we've all watched Hard Knocks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when the coach has to cut you, we like you. We think these are some things you can do. It's just not going to be a fit here. Um, and, and also, it goes back to the very beginning. I know you've touched on this, KB. This was the plan. Again, the execution can be put in under a microscope and questioned 100% just from a human standpoint, we get the optics. It's not PC. It's not positive. We get that outside of the whole film thing, which I know we'll get into, but just from a pure, this is our number. This is the number we need to get to. This is who's coming in perspective. This was the plan. What we all heard the Louie comment. Um, we all have seen the snippets from that show that just got renewed. Hey, I'm my job is to replace all of you. Your job is to prevent me from having to do so. And clearly to this point, most of the players that have entered the portal have not proven to prime and the coaching staff that in their eyes, they belong on the future roster. Now, some of the starters that have left some of the bigger names that have left, I do think deserve their own uh, individuality, their own spotlight, perhaps, but According to prime day one at Colorado and today on the Pat McAfee show, shout out to Pat for a great interview. This has been the plan and it's been reiterated time and time again. And the natural turning point for that self-evaluation and movement period is after the spring game, which aligns with this Exodus that everybody's talking about throughout the sport of college football. But to prime's credit, he, he smiled on the show and said, hey, this was the plan. Uh, Pat was – I can't say exactly what Pat said because Pat is, is very free with his language, and he said, look, there's 41 players in the portal right now. Prime laughed and said, that's it. So there, <laughs> there are potentially more on the way for Colorado based on his expectation and on the other side of it. Most importantly here for our audience, the fans of Colorado football, Prime remains supremely – and I cannot emphasize, underline – bold that word enough supremely confident that the roster will correct itself and who they have coming in to theoretically replace these departures will improve the perception and most importantly the depth of the roster going into 2023 so there is still confidence that there are some big time players still in route to Colorado beyond the few commitments that we've seen over the last few weeks
0: yeah and I think it it just shows that he, he said he wanted to flip the roster, and like I think people were kind of naive to think that he wouldn't somehow manage to get all these guys off the team. Um, going back to the quote, I didn't even finish the best part. The O'Boyle told uh, Travis Gray, I didn't want to cut you, but we had to cut five offensive linemen, and you were the last one. Um, so obviously it's a tough scene. When you hear the things like this or them withholding the film, um, which John, you'll touch on uh, quickly after this um, – they they had their methods they told them from day one you guys can hit the portal or you could try to earn a spot um but that doesn't mean that it's going to work out and he said countless times when he was talking to the meeting in the meeting room that the guys most of you in this meeting room will not be with us in dallas fort worth in week one when they play tcu and there was a, a video that surfaced right before our episode of Coach Prime being asked if he knew all the names of all the players because there was a belief that he didn't. And he said that he, he knew everybody's names, but he said that he sh- these guys should make them learn his name. Um, so I think people forget, and I think this is the hardest part about this whole process, is this team went 1-11 last year. They were historically bad. Um, I'm sure all of these kids are great kids. I'm sure all of them had their their moments in high school, and there's a reason that they're D- Division One athletes. That's an accomplishment in it, in and of itself. I believe only like two percent of athletes go to Division One, um, but their team wasn't good. And so Coach Prime is doing what he needs to do to make sure this team is good. And we'll talk about his transfer portal methods um, in a bit. John, do you have anything else to add before we move on? No, I mean there's
1: there's obviously a lot a lot here, but I think the the recentering the foundational understanding of the goal was to flip the roster uh, unless there were guys who could push against that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, that has actually fallen through over the last five months that has been followed through, I should say from the start. So I do think that is the most important point here. When we get into the intricacies, we can get into some varying opinion because it's not perfect. I don't think even prime as confident as he is would admit that. Um, But in terms of the plan and the, the, baseline execution removing emotion from it this was what was supposed to happen and what was promised to those kids would happen uh over the these last five months so to that i do think this is um all you know going according to plan
0: yeah and honestly he He's cutting or cutting. He's people are leaving from all over. Uh Tavion Beasley was a guy that he brought in with him from Jackson state and he hit the portal. And then there's been an, another transfer. I believe the offensive lineman from Florida who I believe I saw somewhere is expected to hit the portal. So they're, they have their methods and they are using them Um whether you agree with them or not. Um It doesn't really matter because coach Prime's going to do him. Um If you're looking for a delicious snack, but don't want all of the sugar and calories, then you need the best pro taste, best tasting protein bar ever built you got to try this if you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices but you don't want to compromise on taste i've got just the thing for you built bars and built puffs built bars are healthy and taste amazing seriously they taste so amazing they won't that you won't even think they're good for you. You got to try this. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait to get a box for years. We've been talking about ordering built bars at built.com, but now you could get them at your local Walmart or Sam's club while you could still get your specialty flavors at built.com. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars. So you can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar or coconut puff. If Every close to Sam's club run in and grab a 13 bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, ch- uh, brownie batter, puff and churro puff. You can thank me later. Okay. John, we know everybody is leaving. Um, The number, let me pull it up right here. They are down to 60 projected scholarship players being open as of right now. um, At this time that we're recording this episode, it could probably be, it could probably change um, and probably will change after. Um, Which means as of right now, Colorado has 25 spots to work with in the transfer portal um, with only 14 guys returning from last year's roster. um, And that number will probably go down which means there are, are likely going to be 70-plus new players um, on the roster next year. When you hear that number, what does that make – how do you react to that, John? 70 new pl- new people. Well, I'm I'm sure big numbers have have been
1: flipped at, at many programs, especially in the transfer portal era, but I'm not sure we've seen something this ambitious. Um, again, there are – just from the portal in high school, there were already going to be, what, 40-plus – new players coming in. Um, so trying to match the scholarship numbers based on who's out and who's in, it has always been a big deal. Um, but to pull from such far extremes, I don't know if we've seen that uh, at, at this level. But again, from a timeline perspective, this is what has to happen. If you're going to pull something this ambitious, you've got to be pretty black and white with how you operate. Um, and, and really, you need to Take advantage of the end of this portal window into the bulk of the traditional offseason before the next wave of prospects arrive or players, I should say, arrive Mm -hmm. in Boulder. Um, But that number is crazy. It's staggering. It's it's ambitious. It is bold. It is as wild as it gets. But again, if anybody can pull this off, it's going to be prime and this coaching staff. We've talked about it a lot on this podcast, KB. This is a great group of coaches, a lot of head coaching and, and high-level coordinator experience throughout this coaching staff. So I do think that is going to help accelerate what uh, is going to be as as big a turnover from one year to the next as, as we've ever seen in college football. Um, so it's ambitious, but that it's that's what it's going to take. I mean, that's what it takes to get the buzz that, that has already come for Colorado on a positive standpoint. And with that new, you know, Hyper-focused spotlight—it's going to create some negative again, especially from a PC from an optical standpoint. Uh, again, the the people pissed off right now are probably for further removed from the sport and the business and the inner workings of the sport. Can, you know, even further removed than, than you and I. So I, I do think um, that creates a lot of negative attention. Um, th- these are pissed off, you know, keyboard warriors uh, for for the for the for the most part. Um, again, the, the parents of, of the players and the kids have chosen their words carefully. And I think Prime has has done the same, but this is the business end of it. So so the methods there um, are, are really the only things to be questioned, not the overall process. Uh, so with that, you have to do it. You have to be swift if you're going to make this type of of dramatic overhaul. And that's exactly what uh, is in motion and, and at full scale at this point uh, there at Colorado. So it, it, it's what has to be done. If you're going to turn over that many people.
0: Yeah. And coach prime, he said it before and he told us right after the, the spring game, I was in the room with him. He looked at the media members under his cowboy hat with the sunglasses on and said, I told these guys to do their best in the spring game. Um, he appreciated the ones that stayed and then he kind of threw some shade at the ones that left. He said that it kind of tells you about their character. But even then, going back to the meeting, and I put I put wrote an article about this video over on Athlon. He told the guys, week of the spring game, work your butt off, do your best in the spring game. And if you hit the portal, I'll vouch for you. And he's hopefully he's doing that. I mean, obviously, we don't know what he's saying on his personal conversations with other coaches. But I imagine he's trying to facilitate this the best he can. So and I he's tweeted about
1: some of the kids positively. Right. He said, hey, this is a great kid, great player, great character. He's doing it publicly, so you would imagine he's doing it even more so privately, which is, again, standard. Yep. This is very normal operating procedure, at least in, in that context.
0: I think, and here's the thing, and this is no shade to anyone involved. Mel Tucker did a similar thing at Michigan State, right? He brought in a bunch of transfers. Um, Coach Prime's just loud. And there's nothing wrong with being loud. He's just very vocal about it. Um, they have the uh, the name slipping my mind. But his son, Deion Sanders Jr., has his media company where they're constantly recording stuff, constantly recording or releasing clips of meetings, practices. Um, and they're just more vocal about what they're doing. And we're not used to that. Um, usually coaches like Nick Saban will go down to their grave, even if they cut someone, and they'll be like, no, nope, didn't cut him. He just... He just didn't work out here. Coaches will go down to their grave and be like, that's not what happened. Um, it just didn't work out. Coach is very vocal and he's very blunt. And I think the clarity is something that I appreciate. Uh, I think it's also something, and this is as someone who's watched college football from my whole life and has loved the sport growing up. It's just something I'm not used to, you know. I don't I, even John, you're more experienced in this field than I am. We've never had a coach be this vocal about what he was going to do. And I think people I don't know if if they thought he was being facetious or if they thought he was bluffing, but um, he wasn't. Plot twist. Um, So now I'm going to go over the portal needs real quick just because I've kind of been tracking this the whole time. Obviously, the offensive line was a a concern. Um, They said they had to cut five. They cut five, so that probably means they're going to bring in more. Um, John wrote about it for us over at Athlon Um, about a week and a half ago, I feel like it was, John, where O'Boyle said that the line just wasn't where they needed to be um they weren't able to keep up with the speed they weren't adjusting to the offense as well and that's probably why some of these guys are being cut before being honest or if they're they're being encouraged to enter the portal let's put it that way um defensive line i mean they were only they were down to like five guys at the spring game so that's going to be um a big target of theirs they've already gone after some florida state guys they've gone after um i got the got it pulled up right here They've gone after some edge guys out of North Texas, Cameron Robertson, um Kahari Manns from Maine, Chaz Wallace from Old Dominion, um, Trevin Ma'e from Oregon. Uh, they went after Bear Alexander, but USC got him. Derek McClendon from Florida State. Um, they're targeting the off the defensive line and offensive line extremely hard. Um, running back room, they actually already received a crystal ball for Alton McCaskill, the Houston, oh, Houston. Uh, running back transfer who um, did not play this last season, but when he did play the year prior, had nearly 200 rushing attempts, almost 1,000 yards and 16 touchdowns. Um, more running, running back depth there. I think they're going to hit the receiver room pretty hard again. Obviously, I don't know if they planned on losing Montana Lamonius Craig, especially after... He performed so well, but he did the whole thing correctly. He played the game that Coach Prime wanted him to play, and now he has twenty plus offers from SEC and Big Ten programs. Um, I still think they need a backup quarterback, John. I'm gonna harp on that until the very end. Their and best there's back-
1: some some good ones in the portal now too. Their best backup Most quarterback idiot. was
0: the 17 year old kid who he did fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with being fine, but you would like to if Shadur Sanders goes down for some reason or if needs to come out, and your best option is fine. I don't know. And then secondary, um, they're targeting the Alabama um, corner, Jacquez Robinson. Um, They've gone after a few other secondary members um, and receivers. They've hit up Nebraska's Cadillac Brown, um, Marcus Peterson from Cincinnati, who actually committed to McNeese State yesterday, Darius Lassiter from Eastern Michigan. They're going after tight ends. John, they're going after pretty much everything. And I think the crazy part is, is just when you think they – like from the outside looking and looking at the roster, you see like Jimmy Horn, Xavier Weaver, whoever may be at receiver room. And they're still targeting other guys. Like they're trying to be deep as possible. And I, th- I honestly think it's really bizarre because it's like you're, the room's already good, but they're just, they're just keep, they're going, they're going for it.
1: Yeah. And it, and if you listen to prime on, on the McAfee show, again, there's such a confidence that, that this will all be settled. And he said it, he said, When everyone sees the final list, when all of the final dust is settled, everybody will say, Oh, this makes sense. This is, this was the plan from the beginning. So I do think privately there's a lot more traction with many transfers. It has to be than than we know of, at least again, according to the man in charge, Deion Sanders. So I do think it's going to be a total overhaul. And yeah, you mentioned so many important positions Uh, you know, who's in the portal at these positions, but Uh, The window's still open, so there could still be more movement. Uh, The Houston running back was a big surprise. Not a lot of people expected him to hit the portal. Tyler Buckner, the quarterback from Notre Dame, who started game one last year for the Irish, hit the portal uh, on Tuesday. You know, there's a lot of names still to be entered in the transfer portal and or still big-time recruits in the portal that have not made that final decision. As, As we've seen, both in the portal and recruiting, Prime can pivot and land and close a recruit w- without a whole lot of time between initial contact and the actual decision. So a lot of this is is still in front of us uh, just from a general perspective. But as you mentioned, there's no lack of, of needs. There's no shortage of needs for Colorado in the portal. And again, if you're want if you want to turn this thing around one and 11, it's going to take something stark, something drastic. Um, and this might be the most ambitious plan we've seen, but there's clear traction with, a group that's already in route and clearly more on the way.
0: Yeah. And I was told at the spring game by someone within the program that they landed commits um that, that day. They just I'm an, I'm assuming now they didn't have the roster spots. Um, and so now they will have them and I'm sure they will start flowing in. Um guys, Locked On's NFL Mock Draft special is here and it's bigger than ever. Follow along all 32 teams first pick in a six episode ultimate mock draft experience. Only Locked On can deliver. All episodes are available now on Locked On NFL Draft on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. John, before we go, we got one more topic and this this could be just instant reaction. Is Colorado boomer bust this next season? Okay, and I say this because it might be a little overreactionary, but I think there's going to be a lot more pressure from the public put onto them to succeed now that they're going about the transfer portal the way that they are, which I mean, pressure creates diamonds and all that jazz. But do you think they are boom or bust or is this just an overreaction?
1: Yeah, I'm starting to get the boom or bust prognostications. We've talked about the brutality of the schedule, the strength of the Pac-12 but it's almost independent of, of all of that, is trying to figure out this roster. Because take the offensive line, for, for example. As you talked about all spring, it was a new plan, new terminology, new scheme and execution within that scheme. And it just didn't quite live up to it. So who's to say you grab new players in, in the summer and they get there for fall camp when we're very close to an actual game and or season? What if it doesn't work in that regard? So you can understand the boomer bust feel to this thing, independent of the crazy schedule and the strength of the Pac 12. Just within Colorado trying to figure itself out, you could understand the boomer bust angle to this program. But I do think in this day and age, you've got to score points and you've got to win at the skill positions. And that is where Colorado today feels pretty secure especially on the offensive side of the ball. Quarterback receiver batteries look really strong. The spring game emphasized a lot of that, uh especially from Shador who I thought looked really strong. Um there there were some questions by some, "Hey, c- could he operate at the Power 5 level?" Um I think he he proved as much in that regard. Um two teams in the playoff last year, Kevin scored 40 and lost. Right? So you've got to be able to light up the scoreboard, not just score and compete. You've got to be able to really light it up. And in this day and age, that comes from your, your passing game. And I think in that regard, Colorado in decent shape. You just got to fill in everything else. Um, and according to your sources at Colorado, according to prime uh, on Wednesday with Pat McAfee, there's a lot of reinforcements that are already cleared and on the way, just not quite public information just yet. So, um, how many of those guys can fit a scheme? Do you simplify the scheme? Do you say spring was a learning experience? Let's dumb it down a little bit and let the athletes go. We often see that more on defense than offense, but you 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 probably have some marginal ways to, to make quick fixes along the offensive line in particular. Because I think you and I would agree the trenches are the biggest question mark. They were a year ago. They were the day Prime took the job, and they're still the biggest question mark at the end of April. So I do think that's the group where we're going to see the boomer bustness if that makes sense of Colorado in in 2023.
0: Yeah, and I think when I say boomer bust, obviously we're not referring to them competing for a championship year one. But I think the reason I kind of think they're boomer bust now is and I feel like this kind of notion is put on by the people who watch the sport, the media, and I think Colorado is they went from a beloved program um and we've seen we've seen this throughout our few months covering them, John. Everybody loved them. Coach Prime loved that was there, and it was all exciting. Um, he was bringing new energy to a program that went one in eleven that's been struggling as of late. And then people like Paul Feinbaum or whoever it may be started to kind of pick apart um Colorado and Coach Prime and while he'll fail. And now we're getting to the part, and we me and you have talked about it. The honeymoon phase was dead. Now it's deader than dead. Um people are now going to want to see Colorado fail because of this. Um, well, obviously not Colorado fans, but fans of college football around the country, um, maybe even media members will be, secretly begrudgingly rooting against Colorado. And so I think they're going to be boomer bust just because of the methods that they've been using, not because I think this team is going to be a national title contender right away, Um, maybe in a couple of years, sure. But right now, I do think they're boomer bust. And what I do know is that this has been a great episode of Locked on Bust. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. John, I appreciate you for hopping on. We are available wherever you get your podcasts. We're free every day. Thank you for making us your first listen. Have a great day. And we will see you guys tomorrow. Make sure to follow us over here on Athlon. We got all the news you need. I appreciate you guys. We'll see you later. Peace.